This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman. Brought to you by Decisions in Dentistry and the Academy of Dental CPAs. Whether it's taxes, investing, or planning wisely, Art is your guide to make your dental practice as profitable as possible. Here's your host, Dental CPA, Art Wiederman. And hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, CPA. I'm your host, Art Wiederman, and I will tell you I've been a dental-specific CPA for 36 years come September, and I think that this has been the most challenging week of my professional life. And I think that any of my Academy of Dental CPA members who are listening around the country uh, will attest to probably the same thing. We've all been working around the clock trying to figure out how all of these EIDL and PPP loans work. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So normally, like I said last week, when you record a podcast, uh, the podcast is for perpetuity. In other words, it's a subject and it's not really got a time attached to it. It's not a time frame. If we're talking about uh, how to manage your dental office or how to do social media or uh, the legal aspects of a, uh, of a lease or a practice purchase and sales agreement, that doesn't really have a, a time issue. You could listen to it today or you can listen to it a year from now and it's probably going to be the same thing. Well, these podcasts that I've done the last two or three weeks, folks, they uh, the subject matter changes minute by minute, hour by hour, uh, day by day. It, it is absolutely remarkable. I, I do not know how to describe, uh, which I'm going to do in the next hour, the, the sequence of events and, and where we are right now. Now, we are recording this podcast uh, on the evening of... April 5th, 2020, uh, about uh, a little after 7 p.m. California time, which is about the latest I can record in order to get this posted on the Internet on Wednesdays, on Wednesday of this coming week. So you'll be able to listen to this on the 8th uh, of, of April. And we're going to talk tonight about uh, kind of where we were, where we are, where we've come from, and what you should be doing right now. Uh, before we get started, I want to give you some information. Uh, I have gotten a barrage of emails from all of you, and keep them coming. I, I love it. We have, uh, oh my my goodness, we've gotten dozens and dozens and dozens of emails of people asking for the spreadsheet that we put up and the other information that we put up. Um, Email me at uh, artweederman at gmail.com. Folks, this is this is now all about the dental profession. This is my legacy to you to try and help you get through this crisis, as is all, all of our Academy of Dental CPA members. So email me at artweederman at gmail.com. Take a look at our partner, Decision in Dentistry's website at www.decisionsindentistry.com. Uh, go to their about tab, subscribe to their magazine, check out their amazing website. They have fantastic content. 
Uh, now's the time to do uh, continuing education if you guys are sitting at home and not able to work. They've got some great CE courses you can take. Um, go to our website, our CPA firm's website, which is www.hmwccpa.com. Go to the resources tab and you'll be able to see all the podcasts that we have produced over the past year and almost year and a half. My goodness, time flies when you're having fun. And if you are looking for a dental-specific CPA anywhere in the United States of America, folks, we have got you covered. Uh, the Academy of Dental CPAs, www.adcpa.org. We have been on, I think, three or four conference calls that have lasted anywhere between two and a half and three and a half hours, batting around all of the technical issues of how these loans work and how the guidance is working and what the 880 pages of the CARES Act says. Uh, I will tell you, these folks are working tirelessly. I, I had the utmost amount of respect for my dental CPA colleagues in the ADCPA before this started. Uh, they all have a place in heaven right now for what they're doing for the dentist. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, I do want to give you some hope. <laughs> this is, this is all about giving you some hope. So about five minutes before I started recording here, I got an email from, um, Let's see, who is this from? I think this was from, uh, yeah, this was from Ron Barthel. Ron Barthel is um, one of the founding members of the Academy. Ron Barthel and his partner, uh, Ron Sarzinski, have been friends of mine for well over 30 years. Ron Sarzinski is the first, the first person I really ever met who was a dental CPA. I met him long before we formed this group. Uh, Ronnie and I have become good friends. Both Ronnie's and I have become good friends. Um, I hate Ron Barthel because he has a, a five handicap and he, uh, he can beat me upside down in golf. I actually love the guy. He's fantastic. So he just sent an email to our blog. And I'm going to give you guys some hope here. Again, it's April 5th. Uh, it says, just spoke to a local banker here, said he completed his first PPP application for the small dental client uh, about 1 p.m. this afternoon. He then forwarded the application to his supervisor for review. Supervisor approved the application. 4.15 this afternoon, the SBA notified the bank that the loan was approved and assigned an, an authorization number to the loan. The SBA didn't provide any guidance with respect to whether or not the funds could be held for a period of time. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, but, uh, and it goes on. So banks are approving these loans that have opened up on Friday. Um, that's good news. That's really good news to hear. And, and our ADCPA members are, you know, working with our clients. I mean, I spent a good part of today. And if you are a client and you're listening and I didn't get you, please call me. But I think I got most of our clients in practice. I texted everybody and I said, hey, listen, we really got to get these applications in. And, uh, you know, here's my cell number. Uh, call me if you need my help. So um, they are really, really trying. Uh, but let, let's go back. Let's go back, folks, a little bit. Let's go back about two and a half weeks to when this started and March 15th and 16th uh, when uh, dental associations, the American Dental Association, California Dental Association, other dental associations started making the recommendation 
of closing down your dental office because of the COVID-19 pandemic and all of its uh, horrible things that it brings with this virus. Uh, I have been staying very close to home, by the way. I am and have been since about the age of six and asthmatic. We found out I was an asthmatic when I was six years old. When uh, my mom and my dad looked at each other and said, why is Arthur turning blue? Because I couldn't breathe. And we found out I was an asthmatic. So if I get this thing, folks, uh, this will become the art of somebody else's dental finance and management because uh, I don't think asthma does very well with this virus. So I'm staying close to home. So back March 15th and 16th, we started closing dental offices. And the only help that we had at that point, we had no laws, we had no stimulus package. Uh, we had a country that was starting to shut its doors to business. So there was uh, on the uh, SBA's website, something called an idle loan, uh, E-I-D-L. Um, and this loan is an emergency loan that is made straight through the U.S. Small Business Administration. And what you do is you go onto their website. You don't go through a bank. You go through their website at www.sba.org, sba.com, I'm sorry. And you um, go ahead and you applied for this loan. So this loan was up to $2 million. Uh, It was, uh, you know, basically it's called the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, E-I-D-L. I I was looking up the anagrams. I've only read it about a 100 times, but right now my brain is a little bit like putty. So the EIDL loan is available up to $2 million, um, 3.75% interest rate, 30-year amortization, no prepayment penalty, no fees, a uh, really good deal. So we told everybody apply for this idle loan because it came with it that came with a $10,000 grant uh, for that you got this money. It was free. Uh, whether they approved you for the loan or not, you get to keep the grant. So we had people applying. Well, I actually took one of my clients through this process. Uh, he was on a computer. I was on a computer. We were talking. We were on the phone for two hours and 15 minutes. We finally got all the information together, gathered together. I told him what to gather. And he had to actually scan and email seven different documents. You had to do a Form 4506T. You had to do an asset, uh, a personal financial statement, assets and liabilities. Uh, you had to do the actual form. You had to send in tax returns, uh, probably information about your firstborn child and all kinds of stuff. So we got that done. And they didn't tell you anything. You don't ask for how much money you're borrowing. And we never heard anything. So on Sunday night, a week ago tonight, which I think was the 27th, I believe, of March. Uh, let me go look back at my calendar here. That would have been a week ago Sunday. Let's go back. That would have been, I'm sorry, that's the 28th. Uh, no, that's the 29th of March was Sunday. So March 29th, about uh, 7 o'clock at night, some of my clients started emailing and texting me saying, hey, Art, the SBA's website has completely changed. It's streamlined now. 
So we started looking at it and it looked like all you needed to do was to fill out some information. You didn't have to scan or email them anything. And there was a big box that said, do you want the free $10,000? So we told everybody, yeah, you want it. You put in your bank account information. Now the statute, the 880 pages of the idle uh, of the CARES Act, I'm sorry, uh, that that document says that that you are supposed to get that grant whether you are approved for the loan or not, and even if you're approved, if you don't accept it, they're just giving the money away within three days of the time you applied. Well, I might have mentioned this last week. I applied last week, and for my uh, dental practice sales business, we have one employee. We applied, okay? So we applied, and uh, I checked my bank account, and money's not there, and I haven't heard of anybody who has received the money yet. So that's what we were doing up until February 20, uh, March 27th, which was Friday. Friday, March 27th. I mean, we're, we're, we're watching this thing. The House passes the bill, the CARES Act. The Senate passes. I'm sorry, the Senate passed it first. It took a while. There were all kinds of amendments proposed. Uh, they, they, they even had a situation where they had to delay it for six hours because there was a, uh, a technical drafting glitch. So we're all watching this. The country is watching this. The world is watching this. $2.2 trillion. So they finally got it done on Thursday night, I think. And then Friday, the House passed it. I think it was you. I know it was unanimous in the Senate. I have to go back and check. Must have been unanimous in the House. I mean, think about the political unrest we've had in the past months and years between the Republicans and the Democrats, and they passed this absolutely unanimously. Uh, no partisanship going on this week, folks. They can't do it. And President Trump signed it on Friday afternoon, March 27th. So we had a bill. We had a law. And basically, this law created uh, a section, Section 1102 of the CARES Act, uh, created the PPP, the Payroll Protection Program. And this is what everybody has been talking about for the past week. And this has been my life and the life of every single Academy of Dental CPAs member. Every single member has been living this nightmare with our clients and with our referral sources. Um, uh, we have been talking to people very, very high up uh, in the um, uh, in the national dental lending institutions, the big ones. We've been right with them. I was texting one of the CEOs today back and forth. Um, it, it's just been remarkable how much information goes by. We've been doing... Webinars. I've done, gosh, seven or eight webinars in the past 10 days. I'm doing two more this coming week. And by the way, while I'm thinking of it, I should mention that. Our firm, HMWC, is doing a webinar. We did one last Wednesday. We had, uh, I think, 350 folks on it. And the only reason we didn't have more is because we got this together in about 36 hours. So if you would like to be on the mailing list for our next webinar, which is going to be Thursday, and that is going to be April 9th. We don't have a time set yet, but Thursday, April 9th. So if you listen to this on Wednesday the 8th, uh, you'll be able to listen uh, live to the webinar. And we're going to have uh, our great uh, our SBA lender who was on uh, 
uh, last time Dan Atwater and Megan from the uh, ADA is going to be on. Um, and we might have one or two other folks. We haven't figured it out yet quite uh, quite yet. But uh, Thursday, April the 9th, we're going to have our joint HMWC and I'd Bailey webinar. And if I have not mentioned it, um, our firm HMWC is going to be merging with the regional CPA firm I'd Bailey uh, in the middle of May. And we are very excited about that. I'm not going to get into lots of details. I'll do that on another show. But they have helped us immeasurably with resources and, uh, you know, platform for our podcast, our, for our webcasts and things like that. So, so let's go back to this PPP. So let's talk about what is it, how has it evolved, and where are we now? And that's what we're going to spend a good amount of time talking about, folks. So the Payroll Protection Act was added by the CARE, uh, by the, uh, the CARES Act, uh, which is what was signed by President Trump on March 27th. It added Section 36 to the 7A section, 7A uh, section of SBA loans in the federal code. So basically, here's how this, here's how this loan works for those of you who haven't been living and breathing this stuff. So basically, the government has created this program under 7A of the, of the CARES Act. This uh, loan, which is different than the EIDL loan, which you get directly through the SBA, is a loan that you're going to get through a local bank. So the first step that you really have to do, that you really have to take, um, is you need to identify the bank that you're going to do this through. Now, let's talk about the banks. Um, I don't think I would want to be a banker the week of April the 5th. Uh, because the banks are getting inundated. So the first thing you need to know, we're going to talk a lot about the banks here in this hour. The first thing you need to know is that the bank has to be a preferred SBA lender. There are approximately 1,800 preferred SBA lenders in the United States. And most all of the banks are participating in the program. In fact, I believe the statute states specifically that if a bank is receiving federal funding, they have to participate. I will tell you that all of the large national banks that are out there, all of the regional banks and the local banks, for the most part, if they are SBA preferred lenders, and an SBA preferred lender generally means that a um, a bank who's an SBA preferred lender can make decisions at the branch level, um, and then they just have to get them approved by SBA. So they're all going to participate. Every one of them is going to participate. So uh, your local bank is going to make a loan, okay? And you're going to have a calculation to do in order to determine what that loan amount is going to be. Now, the, let's talk about the purpose of the loan. The purpose of the loan is to put people back to work. We want people to go back to work. We want them to start working. We want them to be paid. Uh, and, 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 and all of these, uh, wonderful things that, that we want is we want them to do this. So I want to click on to something on the internet. H- WC, and we'll get to um, uh, get to some of the rules here. So, the Payroll Protection Act is providing this loan money, and it's for any business that has less than five hundred employees. So, this is going to be for most all dental practices is going to be under five hundred employees, and 
Um, the purpose again is to put people back to work. It is going to provide, uh, allow you for eight weeks to pay your employees, pay your rent, pay your utilities and, um, pay for, um, uh, the interest on loans. So the money that you get from this loan, which you are going to calculate on SBA form 2483. And by the way, if you want information on all of these programs, what you want to do is you want to go to uh, treasury.gov and go to their, at the top of treasury.gov is their coronavirus um, uh, link. And uh, what you want to do is go on to that link and make sure that you can uh, find all the forms. You'll be able to find all the guidance. You'll find the form and everything. So do not print out the form, fill it out and bring it to your local bank. Don't, don't do that. Please, 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 please don't do that because the local banks are going to have you fill these documents out through your, probably your online banking. Now, you need to apply with the bank that you, uh, that you bank with. That's very, very important. If you bank with Wells Fargo, and you try to apply with Citibank, they will more than likely deny your application. The government wants you to apply with the banks that are, um, with the bank that you have a relationship with. So most of these banks are going to have, um, a, a portal that you can get through, get to through your online, online banking relationship. And then you will fill out this form 2483. And you'll put down what type of an entity you are, and you'll answer a bunch of questions. Now, one thing I want you to know is that one of the questions that you're going to answer basically says, uh, a box you're going to check is going to say, listen, if you don't use this money for its intended purposes, we, the federal government, can file fraud charges. Ladies and gentlemen, that's F. R-A-U-D, fraud charges. So you need to do with this money what they say. So the money that you get from this loan is intended to pay, like I said, payroll costs, utilities, rent, and the interest portion of your loan. Those are the four things that you can use the money for. So how much money do you get? And this is the calculation that we have all been fighting over here and trying to figure out how it works. So here's how the calculation works. The calculation is simply a function of your payroll costs. So let's talk about payroll costs. Let's walk you through how this works. So basically, and, and also, folks, if you want a copy, I have a great uh, letter we sent to our clients, as do all of our ADCPA members. They've been communicating constantly with their clients. Uh, but I have a great letter. Email me at artwiederman at gmail.com or just go to our website, www.hmwccpa, and it's got a calculator as well as a detailed step-by-step of how to do these calculations. So you start off with payroll costs. Payroll costs are basically the wages that you pay to employees. And remember, again, we're talking about the amount of money that you are going to ask the bank for for a loan, which we're going to hopefully get forgiven, and we'll get to that a little later in the show. So payroll costs are going to be your your total payroll costs. So you want to look at line five of your 2019 W-3 form. 
And you also want to look at line one of your 940 form. We have had two doctors where the 940 wages, because that includes things like cafeteria plans, flexible spending accounts that have been uh, deducted from the W-3, not taxable to the employees, but they are wages and they are included. So we had a doctor today. I walked him through the calculations and it was $50,000 more by using the line one of the 940. So when you send the calculations into the bank, send them in with the 940 and the payroll returns. So you take that. That's where your starting point is. You're allowed to include all of your employee wages in this calculation, except you have to subtract from your wages a couple of things. Well, basically one thing. Uh, you have to subtract any wages paid to any employee in excess of $100,000. So let's say you have an associate dentist. You're an S corporation, single member S corporation. Uh, you, the doctor, took a $250,000 salary and you have an associate that's making $150,000. So you and the associate made $400,000. You get to count $200,000 of that, $100,000 for each of you. Uh, in the calculation. So you're going to take those amounts out. You're then going to add to the amount of your wages, and that includes, remember, paid time off, vacation, sick time, every benefit that they get. You're going to add the amount of state payroll taxes, not federal. Federal does not count. You're going to add the state payroll taxes to the calculation. So you're in California, it's the uh, state unemployment, the SUDA tax uh, that you pay quarterly, and the employee training taxes. In other states, it's the state unemployment tax for the most part, state payroll taxes. You're also going to add the amount of health insurance and employee benefits that you are paying for your employees. So, for example, ladies and gentlemen, if you have, say, uh, a health insurance policy with uh, Blue Cross, right? Let's just pick Blue Cross because they're a big insurer, and you pay them two thousand dollars a month. Well, the two thousand a month is not necessarily the number you're going to add to calculate the loan as part of the payroll costs. You're only going to add the portion that represents what you, the doctor, are paying. So, let's say, for example, that forty percent of the payroll costs are withheld from employee salaries. Well, that's already included in the gross wages. So if you're paying 2000 a month, that's going to be uh, $800 a month that, uh, you know, that you're paying. And, uh, you know, I mean, to say if the employees pay 40%, you pay 60%, then your cost is 1200 a month, 14,400 a year. You're also going to add your retirement plan contribution costs. Now, I have not used this term yet, but I'm going to use it now. We're in the wild, wild west. And the wild, wild west is basically we don't have all the rules. Uh, I don't have the playbook. We don't have the regulations. So we believe that if you have made your 2019 contribution, that that is what you use, your payroll, con- your, pro- your, your retirement plan contribution. For your employees, for sure, There is dispute amongst uh, people as to whether you include um, the amount of the retirement plan contribution health insurance for the doctor if it's uh, capped at 100,000. In my reading of the statute, I say you do. Some folks say you don't. So I have been advising that you do. Okay. So that's what, uh, what you want to do. 
is you want to add your, your, your actual retirement plan contribution. If you haven't made your retirement plan contribution, then our recommendation is to use the amount that you paid in 2019 for 2018. Let me go back to payroll costs for a second, by the way. Um, my brain works in very strange ways, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, if you look at the statute, the statute says that you are supposed to use the 12 months in calculating the payroll costs uh, immediately preceding the date that you apply for the loan. So let's say you apply for the loan on April 6th and your last payroll was March 31st. So the statute says that you use payroll from April 1 till March 31. No, 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 no. The form says... Forget the law. We don't care what the law says. The SBA Form 2483 instructions state, quote, we expect you to use probably 2019 calendar numbers. And that's what all the banks are using. Every bank we've talked to seem to be using that. Nobody's doing a fiscal year calculation. So you take your payroll costs. You take off the people's payroll that are over 100000 Now, that doesn't mean that you don't get to count them. It just means that you only get to count their wages up to $100,000. You add the health insurance, you add the state tax, you add the payroll. Uh, you add the retirement contribution. Now I have a number. Let's say that that number is $1.2 million for for the for calendar 2019. You've done the calculation. You've figured it out. Okay, here's what we do. It's it's real easy from here. I, I know you, you're thinking, yeah, right, Art. It's real easy. Yeah, like you're 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 pulling my leg. No, I'm not. So I'm at 1.2 million for the sum of all these things. Divide that by 12 to get a monthly payroll cost. That's a hundred thousand dollars because a million two hundred divided by 12 is a hundred thousand. Multiply that by 2.5. And that is $250,000, and that is the amount of the payroll protection program loan that you will apply for. So when you look at the Form 2483, and again, if you go to our uh, go to our website or email me at uh, artweaderman at gmail.com, we'll get you the, the memo we put out on Friday about all of this. Um, you know, that's the amount that goes right underneath. You put the 200, you put the hundred thousand dollars, uh, payroll cost and then the 250,000, which is the times 2.5. If you received an EIDL loan before April 3rd, you have to add that to your 250,000. Nobody has received that yet. So that's the loan that you're going to apply for, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so now the bank's going to hopefully approve you. I gave you that nice story that uh, my friend Ron uh, emailed us and looks like that there's something that's uh, moving forward. And um, we get the loan. All right, now what do we do? <laughs> First, let's get approved for the loan and then we'll, we'll, we'll figure out what do we do. So what has happened since all, well, before I say what has happened, let me, let me go into what you have to use the money for. So let's say they send you a check for $250,000. The whole thing that we've been talking about is forgiveness. Uh, what do they say? It's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Well, we're asking for forgiveness here. So if you get this loan, and you spend it in an eight-week period from the date of inception, which is a big, big issue right now that we don't know. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. But you need to spend this money on payroll costs, rent. And by the way, if those of you who own your own buildings out there, 
you must have a written lease that is signed on or before February 15th of 2020. If you do not have that and you go for the forgiveness, which we'll talk about in a minute, you will not get credit for that rent. Uh, so it's, it's payroll costs, rent, utilities, which is telephone, gas, electric, water, internet, uh, most utilities, and also the interest portion of any loans that you had before this whole craziness started. So as long as you take this $250,000, pay your employees their wages, and you do that in the eight week period from the time that the loan, uh, the loan is initiated. Then what you will do is after you do that, you'll keep a very detailed accounting. Folks, put this money in a separate segregated bank account. Keep track of every dime of exactly it went through. Only use it for those four things. Use it for wages, rent, utilities, and interest portion of, uh, of loans. So you've done that. You call the bank. Hey, Joe. How you doing? How's it going? Great. All right. I'm ready to send you my, my calculations of how I spent this $250,000. And as long as you spent at least 75% of it on payroll costs, and as long as you have the same number of full-time employees on June 30th as you had on February 15th, then Joe, the banker, should be saying, hey, Dr. Wiederman, I saw your calculations. I checked them under the regulations that will be provided by the Small Business Administration to the banking industry. I checked them. And Dr. Wiederman, I agree. You spent all $250,000 in a manner that has been prescribed by sections 11, by section 1106 of the CARES Act, which talks about the forgiveness. And we are going to forgive the rest of this $250,000 loan. And that's great news. Now, in the tax world, as myself and all my ADCPA friends say and know, when you have debt that is forgiven, it's as if someone gave you this money to pay your debt off, and that's taxable income. Not here, folks. Uh, the debt forgiveness is not taxable income. And by the way, we believe... And I'm still waiting to see some regulations on this, but we believe that not only are you not going to have to take this amount forgiven into income, but you're going to get to write it off on your taxes in 2020 when you spend it. I don't, I cannot say 100% for sure. It is nowhere that I found in the statute, but that's kind of what we're thinking. So think of this. You get a bunch, you get a quarter of a million dollars. You don't have to pay taxes on it. They're going to forgive the loan. You don't have to pay taxes on it. Did you hear me? I said you don't have to pay taxes on it. And then you get to write it off. Boy, it doesn't get any better than that in my world, folks. I'll tell you what. So so now you have the forgiveness, and Joe says you're going to forgive it. But let's say Joe, uh, the banker, calls you back and says, you know, Dr. Wiederman, I got some bad news for you. You didn't spend all the money in the eight-week period on the required expenses, and you don't meet rule A, B, C, and D. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to forgive 200000 of the $250,000 loan, which means that you're going to have to pay back the remaining $50,000. Now, the bad thing about that, folks, because they don't want you to use it for anything other than stuff that's going to be forgiven. 
They want to forgive this loan. But if you screw this up or you use it for things that are not forgiven, you will have to pay the balance back over two years. Yes, two years at 1% interest. And the banks were fighting this interest rate because it was originally, it was originally supposed to be 10 years at 4%. But then the, the government said, no, 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 we want to make sure that you guys pay this back. And there's a penalty if you don't, you got to pay it back in two years. So if you use that $250,000 to buy yourself a Lamborghini and then you go for forgiveness, um, you're not going to get forgiveness and you're going to have to pay that loan back $125,000 plus 1% interest over two years. Don't want to do that, folks. So that's how this works. So now what do we do? How does this work? What do we do here? Well, there are a lot of questions that are not answered. Um, I've been having conversations with my clients. Uh, my goodness, I, I, you know, 12 hours a day. I've been talking to bankers. I've been talking to lawyers. I've been talking to people in the industry. I've been, we've been blogging. I mean, our ADCPA blog on a normal day maybe gets 10 or 15. I mean, hundred, you know, hundred. 100 blogs, 150. I mean, everybody is, is, is with really important information. I found this and I found that and we're on top of this. My goodness. I've never, I mean, I had amazing respect for the Academy of Dental CPAs before we started on March 15th. Uh, these people all belong. Uh, they, they need to have a place in advisor heaven when this is all said and done with all the hard work that they're doing. And, and, and if those of you that are clients of, of ours and of the Academy of Dental CPAs, you know how hard we're working. We're really trying to get this right for you guys. So here's the biggest question as far as I'm concerned. What's the strategy? So the EIDL loan you are allowed to use for supposedly working capital, payables, labs, supplies, all these things. You're technically not supposed to use it for things that you're using the PPP loan for. Well, on our blog today, we got something from, um, you know, Mark Rosen's firm in Boston is, is, um, if they're not the biggest dental CPA from the country, they're in the top five. Um, they are just one of the most, well, they are the specialists in the Northeastern United States and, and, um, Mark and Jeff Kristoff who is their techie guy, um, I mean, technical tax guy, not that Mark isn't. Um, the regulations for this came out at 7 p.m. on Friday the 27th. At midnight, those two crazy guys were recording a Zoom thing to send out to their clients. And they were talking about all of these rules. I mean, that's how that's how fast this moved. Okay, so one of the questions that we had was, you know, first of all, on the idle loans, what can we use the money for? So Jeff just sent one sent out an email on a blog today, and he found the 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 committee report that that basically was right on point that said, if you get an idle loan and you use that money for payroll. In a different time period, then you use the PPP, the eight-week period, it's fine. But there are people that think that if you do that, the uh, you're disqualified. Okay, so, so that's one issue. What can you use the idle money for versus what can you use the PPP money we, for? We can use the PPP money 
we know for those four things, payroll, rent, utilities, and interest. Okay, the idle money can be used for all kinds of other overhead. We think it may very well be able to be used for payroll today. So let's say on April 5th, you get this idle loan. You applied for it. You get it. They fund it. But they don't fund the PPP loan for another three weeks. Can you use that idle loan to put your employees back on payroll? We think so. But we don't have definitive guidance that we can say that with absolute certainty. So we're trying to figure out what it, what can you use the idle money for. We know you can pay your lab bills with it. We know you can pay your dental supply bills. We know you can pay your CPA. You can pay repairs and maintenance and uh, property taxes and all this kind of stuff. But wages, I think we're still wavering a little bit on. So. That's one issue. Here's the other issue, and this is probably the biggest issue of all. The biggest issue of all is when can we take this money? And this is what we're all wondering. So let's let's go through a uh, a little timeline here. So today is April 5, 2020. You have applied. And by the way, just as a timeline, on the 27th of April, on the 27th of March, this bill was signed. Um, on April, um, on April 3rd, it was rolled out at 12.01 p.m. The regulations, 31 pages from the SBA, came out at 7 p.m., five hours before the rollout of this thing. Five hours. Imagine this, folks, five hours. And the Rosens were recording at midnight. I mean, they're out of their minds just in general. I mean, I say that lovingly. I mean, Mark is, Mark is a dear friend of mine in the ADCPA and they are just, uh, they're on top of this thing like everybody else's. So the question is timeline. All right. So you get the loan on April. Uh, let's say you get the loan on April 25th. This moves quickly, right? Okay. So we know that President Trump has said that the country is pretty much shut down till April 30th. I think if you took a poll of the people listening to this podcast, they would tell you that we're probably not going to see any dental office open much before June 1st. I hope I'm wrong. I pray I'm wrong. I pray every night that I'm wrong. But I think that's realistic. And will they be open by June 1st? Don't know. If these numbers go the right way, if people stay home and they don't socialize and they stay six feet away and the, and the, and the curve starts to turn, then maybe this starts to turn and we get to at least have a shot at going back to our normal lives again. Okay. So what happens if you get this loan on April 20th or let's say April 20th? What we don't know, ladies and gentlemen, is when do we have to take the loan? Many of the banks will allow you to have 30, 60, 90, one bank, 120 days. And you decide when this loan is triggered. Okay? Well, we don't know and there's no guidance as to how that works. Because here's the perfect scenario. If you remember, as part of the CARES Act, the government initiated $600 per week in unemployment uh, benefits on top of your state. So in California, it's $40 to $450 a week. So theoretically, an employee in California making the maximum state unemployment of $450 a week could get another $600 a week. So they could get $1,050 a week, which is $4,200 a month, which is the equivalent of $50,000 a year. 
We have employees who will go on unemployment that will make more money on unemployment than they would be working. Now, we want everybody to get back to work. So what happens, ladies and gentlemen, if the government says the day that you were approved for the PPP loan, you have to take that money? April 20th. Okay, I have eight weeks from the initiation of the loan to spend it. So now we go April 20th. Uh, What's eight weeks after that? Somewhere in the neighborhood of about June 10th. All right, well, what if your dental office isn't open on June 10th? What if it opens on June 15th? You've now gotten your idle money, your $250,000. You've paid your payroll under the law because if not, you can't have it forgiven. And if you don't pay it, you have to pay it back in two years. And then on June 15th, you open up, you have no money. Maybe you didn't get the EIDL loan. I'm sorry, the the PPP loan. You spend it in the eight weeks and you don't get the EIDL loan. Now your employees come back to work June 15th. I don't necessarily think there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of people standing at your door with wads of cash to throw at you to do dentistry on June 15th. I hope that's the case, but don't know. People will have been out of work for a couple of months. They will have been having trouble paying for food. Who knows? I hope I'm wrong. So now I've paid my employees for eight weeks under the law. I followed the law. I've been forgiven. They could have been on unemployment because you were not allowed to be open. And now what happens? Now I open up. My revenues are down. I've got all these bills that maybe I haven't paid other than the four I paid through the PPP loan. And now I have to start paying employees and I have no money. That is your worst nightmare, ladies and gentlemen. We are hoping that the government will give us guidance that says that once your business is allowed to go back into work, once they lift the stay-at-home orders, that's the point you can pull the money. That's the point that people can come off a payroll. Uh, that's very important to know. So that is a strategy that we are looking at. And so let's say in my example, you start April 20th, the employees are on unemployment and the unemployment, the $600 extra goes until basically July 31st. Um, so, you know, they're on unemployment. You open your office on June the 15th. June 15th, you go ahead and you trigger this idle loan. You spend eight weeks paying your employees. Once you come back to work, we are pretty certain, pretty certain that you can use this money past June 30th. Um, you hire your employees back by June 30th, the same number that you had before. You pay the 75% and we're good to go. What happens if, you know, what happens if you don't get the loan by June 30th? What happens if we don't open up? These are things we're going to have to deal with, folks. So what you need to do right now, what do you need to do right now? Boy, time flies when you're having fun. What do you need to do right now? What you need to do right now is get the loans, get approved for the money, get some money for yourself. Everybody's situation is different. For example, I have a doctor who's a specialist who I talked to yesterday, and he says, Art, he happens to be an orthodontist, and he says, Art, I have had 20 to 30 emergency patients every single day. I kid you not. We're not doing any new starts, but I've had to keep everybody on the payroll because I need my people there. And in California, if you meet the specific rules and there's great guidelines on the ADA's website, CDA's website, listen to anything Gordon Christensen and Rella Christensen say uh, about emergencies. They're experts at it. All the clinical people, you're seeing your emergency. So this doctor says, Art, 
guess what? I'm going to be paying wages right through the end here. So I said, great, doctor. Then what you're going to do is you're going to get your PPP loan. And as soon as you get it, take it, trigger it if it's on April 20th and start paying your employees because you're paying them already. But the big difficulty, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, is if you have employees and they're on unemployment and your office is not allowed to be open by order of the governor, uh, you know, California, we have a stay at home order. So, you know, what do we do then? Uh, we want to wait to use that money when we have to go back to work, when we want to go back to work. And that's, that's kind of where that is. So that's an important thing. Now, I want to share something that happened on Saturday, which is yesterday. So you all who are ADA members, which is virtually every one of you who are listening to this podcast and AGD members, you received a letter from the president of the American Dental Association. There were apparently some conflicting regulations and questions and answers put out on, it was either Saturday morning or Friday, I think it was Friday, where there was a conflict as to whether or not you could have both an EIDL loan and a PPP loan. And it said if you, maybe if you got an EIDL loan, that you couldn't have a PPP loan. And that's the loan that all the business owners want and need. So the American Dental Association got a lot of questions. And, and by the way, I want to tell you, we've been working with uh, their government affairs officer and their um, also their uh, uh, congressional uh, lobbyist, uh, Mike and Megan, they have been absolutely phenomenal, folks. These two people and the others at the ADA are, they're fighting with Congress. They're fighting with the SBA. They're, they're going to Treasury. They're, they're really trying to get you, um, they're trying to get your voice heard. The problem we have is we have 160,000 dentists and you're fighting against the airplane industry, the airline industry. You're against the cruise industry. You're against the manufacturers, the retailers, the wholesalers, uh, businesses that have thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of employees, Amazon and Google and Microsoft and General Motors and General Electric. And, you know, they all want to be heard by Treasury. So the dentists, you know, I'm not saying that you're unimportant because you are incredibly important. But when you compare your numbers to the numbers of these other industries, Everybody is getting bombarded. So the American Dental Association was getting a lot of letters and emails, uh, emails primarily from their members about, well, what does this mean? Does that mean I can't have both of these loans? So the American Dental Association felt the need to send out a letter to their uh, members, which they did on Saturday, basically explaining the situation and saying, hey, ladies and gentlemen, we need you, and they provided a link, we need you to contact Treasury Secretary uh, Mnuchin, we need you to contact the head of the SBA, we need you to contact your House of Representative member, your congressman or congresswoman, and we need you to contact your senator and tell them to straighten this out and let us know that we can apply for both of these loans because that's what the CARES Act said we can do. So that's where we are at at this moment, ladies and gentlemen, April 5th. 
uh, in the evening here in Southern California. We are at the point where we believe that you can have both loans. I believe that by the time you hear this podcast on Wednesday, April the 8th, that this will have been confirmed and straightened out and that everybody will be moving forward. Now, I want to spend the last little bit of time telling you what you need to do. In my opinion, and what I am telling my clients is you need to apply for the PPP loan. Now, let's talk about the timing. It came out on February, I'm sorry, March 27th. Let me try that again. April 3rd, Friday, April 3rd, two days ago. And many small local banks had the resources and had the portal all ready to go because they didn't have all, you know, millions and millions of customers. The only one of the large national banks that was up and running on Friday was Bank of America. And I don't say that because I am favoring Bank of America over Wells Fargo or Citibank or, or any other bank. The, 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 the fact of the matter is they were the ones that got their portal up in a week and they got it done. They processed $22.5 billion, with a B, billion dollars in loans on Friday, April 3rd, when this thing opened up. It opened up Thursday night. We got 31 pages of guidance on Thursday night at 7 p.m. And at midnight, 12.01 a.m., I was watching the 11 o'clock news. Ladies and gentlemen, the payroll protection program is open for business, 12.01 a.m. None of the banks knew what to do. They still don't know what to do. So many of the banks have been opening their programs over the weekend. Many of them will open them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So my big, big concern for you and my advice to you is that you apply for this loan because I do not want, and and sooner rather than later, I do not want to be the one who gets the phone call from the client that says, Art, you told me to wait. The money has run out. There's $349 billion out there for you to, to be, um, to take as loans and that can potentially be forgiven under the payroll protection program, uh, under section 7A of the SBA rules. I don't want to be that person who gets that phone call. I don't know how long the money is going to last. The CEOs of the two major banks that we work with have both told me over the phone that this money is going to go. Now, because you got to remember, this is all employers who have less than 500 employees. One of my very good friends has a an employer as a client. He's a, a labor attorney. They have 450 employees. They are applying for millions of dollars of relief under this act. I think he said it's about $6 million. Multiply that by by all the companies out there that have all these employees. This money is going to go fast. So $22.5 billion out of $349 billion went in one day with one bank. So once all these banks get on, this money can run out. Now, President Trump tweeted today, Sunday, April 5th, he tweeted and said, if the money runs out, we'll get you more money. But here's the problem, folks. It's not Donald Trump's choice to add more money to this program. It has to be approved by Congress. And Congress doesn't just say, oh, well, let's throw another $200 billion at this thing. It doesn't work that way. 
So my recommendation is as follows, and we're coming to the end of our time, and I do hope this information has been helpful to you. My recommendation is if you have not filed uh, on the SBA's web- website for the EIDL loan and the $10,000 grant, file for it. Do it now. Uh, that program, that grant program only has $10 billion only. <laughs> it's chump change, my goodness. Has $10 billion. So once that $10 billion goes, um, that's about a million people, I believe, under the new math. Uh, it's gone and you can't get that grant anymore. Uh, also remember that if you are a sole proprietor, you're supposed to wait till April 10th. But I had a banker tell me today and said, you know, I'm a sole proprietor. They said, apply now. Don't worry about it. We'll take your application now. So again, it's the wild, wild west. Apply for the idle loan. Apply for the PPP loan. File the application. You're not going to get the loan tomorrow. They're going to figure this out. Do the calculations. If you're not working with an Academy of Dental CPA member, go on to www.adcpa.org. I think we all have calculators that do the calculations for you. Go to our website, www.hmwccpa. We have a link to the letter I wrote to our clients on Friday and the spreadsheet. So get the loan. So let's get the loans, folks. Get the loan, get the loan, get the loan. Hopefully between the time you get the loan and the time, uh, you know, they figure this out, we'll have some rate and the time you need to use it. We'll have regulations that are put out there that will explain to us how we're supposed to use this money and the rules of the road. Um, one other thing I, I, I want to do is you really, again, you need to use some financial planning. I want to refer you to a website, which is uh, consumerfinance.gov. Uh, I actually heard this on uh, Meet the Press this morning. Oh, I think it was Face the Nation, actually, on CBS. This is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's website. And they have a whole website, which is called Protecting Your Finances During the Coronavirus Pandemic. And it says the CFPB is committed to providing consumers with up-to-date information and resources to protect and manage their finances during this difficult time as the situation involves. So they've got all kinds of things, CARES Act mortgage forbearance, what you need to know, um, online and mobile banking tips, financial resources for consumers, supervisory work continues with a commitment to protecting consumers, mortgage relief options, call your lender, get your mortgage relief going. Student loans. Remember, student loans, you don't have to pay your federally um, approved student loans. If you've refinanced them with a bank, different conversation until September 30th. Tips for financial caregivers, dealing with debt, tips to help ease the impact, protecting your credit. And by the way, if you get a call from somebody who says, by the way, I know you're a small business and you need to apply for this PPP loan. I can do this for you. You don't have to do a thing. I'll take care of all that. Just pay me a fee of $5,000 because you're going to get all this free money. Don't do it. The scammers are already out there looking for unscrupulous, looking for unknowing people who they can take advantage of. So go to this website. Again, the the website is www.consumerfinance.gov. And it's got a lot of really, really great resources. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to start wrapping this thing up. 
apply for the idol, apply for the PPP, watch the news. They're going to get this figured out. Folks, failure is not an option. We are all going to come out of this better than we ever have. It's going to take time. There's going to be pain. And I want you to do everything you can to get yourself ready for when this thing turns and you go back to work. Because there are going to be lots of people who are going to be in lots of pain because they haven't been able to go to the dentist in the last two or three months. So let me give you some final information. We have a webinar on Thursday, April 9th. We do not have a time. I suspect it'll be somewhere in the neighborhood of about 10 a.m. Pacific time. Um, Send me an email at artwiederman at gmail.com and we'll get you on the list so that you get the link when we send it out, which will, you know, You'll hear this on Wednesday. We'll get it out to you. You can listen. Also, the last webinar I did, which was on April 1st, uh, where we talked about this and we had an SBA lender and we had uh, someone from the SBA. We had Megan from the SBA. It was great. Uh, that's on our website. Uh, go to decisionsindentistry.com. Look at their website. They got a lot of great things, a lot of information, clinical stuff about the coronavirus that will really help you in making your clinical decisions. Uh Go to our website, look at all the prior podcasts, www.hmwccpa.com. And folks, uh, again, uh, my podcast, I get to do this. If you are not working with a member of the Academy of Dental CPAs, you must. It, it is just a must this time. The, the, these guys are so on top of the situation like nobody's business. Go to our website at www.adcpa.org. Click on the map or click on the members directory and call the person in your area if you don't know how to get to it or you tell me what city you're in, email me and I will point you in the right direction. So ladies and gentlemen, there will be an end to this. We must have a positive attitude. I have now, uh, I am now on day 19 of working at home. I am still married. My wonderful wife Lynn has been amazingly patient with me being around the house. She has cooked every night. She, she is just, I mean, I, 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 I way overachieved in wife, ladies and gentlemen, 35 years. She's, she's put up with me, but she is the best. Lynn, I love you so much. And we're all going to get through this. We are all going to get through this. Uh, to my boys, Nathan and Forrest, we are all going to get through this. We're going to come out of this better and it's going to make us all stronger. And ladies and gentlemen, the dental profession, you are going to come out of this. Failure is not an option. Plan, figure this out. If you need our uh, tool, which is our um, Excel spreadsheet to show you how much money you need for 90 days, email at artweederman.gmail.com. I think we sent out dozens and dozens of those. And God bless every single one of you. Stay safe. Practice your social distancing because the sooner that we can all, um, you know, have this curve go in the right direction. The sooner this can happen, the sooner life gets back to some sort of normalcy and the sooner that you can go back into your dental offices and be the wonderful caring healers and uh, preservers of people's health that you have all been for many, many years. I love the dental profession. So God bless the dental profession. God bless all of you. And that is it for this edition of The Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, CPA. See you next time. Bye-bye.